What's going on, addicts? Welcome back. We have had a uh, little sabbatical here on this uh, this podcast with the bye week, but we are back. It's Friday night. Uh, it's, it's myself, Steve, and uh, Phil on the other end. Everybody else uh, had some previous obligations, so we'll be we'll be bringing you the uh, the fire tonight. This is podcast episode 30. So we had a few different names to toy around. 31, 31. Excuse me, 31. Last one was Beamage 30, 31. Uh, not the greatest selection of numbers, uh, but we're going to go ahead and let Phil fill us in on who we're selecting for episode 31. All right. For 31, we're going to go back in time to the late 60s, early 70s to our starting fullback of the time, Charlie Haraway. All the old timers should know his name pretty well. He was lead blocker for the star running back we had at the time, which was Larry Brown, who was a multiple-time 1,000-yard rusher. Uh, but Haraway was one of those guys who he got his he got his numbers being in a secondary ro- role. Um, guy averaged about 500 yards a se- a little over 500 yards a season as a fullback running running the ball. Um, averaged about four yards carry. He got about 30 yards or 30 catches a year on average. Um, and you know provided key blocks to help open up those running lanes for Larry Brown, which you know allowed for you know either Sonny or Billy Kilmer back there to be a f- more effective as a quarterback. So he wasn't ever a star, but he was a workhorse guy in five seasons. He only missed one game. So, you know, he, he's one of those just tough Ironman type dudes you think of from back in the day, you know, just the, the, the dual bar face mask and, you know, pounding ahead into middle linebackers opening up holes. He was that kind of dude. Yeah, man, I, I think the fullback is – I don't know. We don't see – I don't even know if we see them anywhere anymore. I love the fullback position, man. We, oh, yeah. Uh, who who was our last great fullback? We had uh, 36. His name was um, – Darrell Young. Darrell Young. Man, I loved Darrell Young. We went from we, – we, we had a, a run on good fullbacks. Um for about 20 years <laughs> started with Norv Norv had Mark Logan and Brian Johnson, uh, both who, 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 you know, again, kind of similar thing, never put up gaudy stats, but you know, just, they made the run game more effective. They were mm-hmm. great at pass blocking. Um, you know, we had Donnell, uh, Donnell Bennett block for uh, Stephen Davis. That's a lot of beef in the backfield, by the way, because Davis was a big dude already. He was a fullback turned into a halfback. And then Bennett came with uh, Marty from Kansas City, and he was about 255-pound fullback. And Spurrier didn't believe in in any back. And and after that, you had had Mike Sellers and then Darrell Young. Mike Sellers, man. I love Mike Sellers, too. We've had a good run of fullbacks uh in we'll put it this way during during the post uh the post glory year era we've we've done pretty well with with keeping the fullback alive uh until recently i mean now you could say technically ryan anderson <laughs> Ryan Anderson. look that that dude hey i like anybody who, who can 
come over from the defense and play a position like that and, and do it pretty well and not just in that like fridge Perry gimmicky style. I mean, you yeah, know, he opened up Anderson, some for AP last year. Not that he needed help, but have you seen our good. offensive line? Yeah, we we could use it this year. Yeah. All right. Charlie Haraway, it is 31. Okay. So let's uh let's start talking about this week. So we had the bye week, a little bit of bye week news. You know, we had our catch up pod on Monday, the Brian Mitchell pod, and we we were talking about whether we were gonna be buyers or sellers for the trade deadline. And Tuesday afternoon came and went. We had no trades. I, you heard a little bit of scuttlebutt, but I think Ron came out and said he's, he's looking for players that have a couple years on their deal that could be a long-term part of the team. He said you could look at some spots that could be short-term needs, but in the end, I mean, we all thought that Dwayne could be a potential um, seller. You know, we could be a seller on Dwayne, but – and then he comes out and says, you know, like we just talked about – Dwayne has Dwayne's still part of this team. He's not giving up on Dwayne. So, so who knows? We made, we made no moves and I, I personally, I, I'm okay with that. I am too. And I think Rod, uh, Rod, Ron saying um, what he wanted was his way of saying, look, unless something incredibly odd comes available, we're just going to go ahead and, and uh, move forward with what we have. Cause we're not going to try to catch some guy you know, to make a playoff run, who's not going to be here for potentially future playoff runs. If we're going to make a playoff run this year or a division, well, division title run. So I hope we have, um, if we're going to make that run, we're going to do it with the guys that have gotten us this far and try to develop that culture forward with these guys. We're not going to bring somebody in. That's not going to be part of the culture moving forward. Yeah. So I, I, I like, I mean, I don't mind that at all. I mean, if nothing else, it gives confidence to the players you got. That's like, hey, look, you guys this far, we have faith in you. We're only going to bring somebody in that's going to be part of the, the long term. Right, which is the transition to my next point is, you know, Cameron Curl gets an opportunity. Speaking of 31. Yeah, speak, filling in for uh, Landon Collins. That's right. Maybe next year this will be the Cameron Curl pod after we recycle numbers. But, yeah, he, he gets the opportunity – uh, to step in for Landon Collins, especially after no Eric Reed, no Eric Reed on the practice squad. So Cam Curl, it is. I mean, he's shown some pretty good flashes of 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 some good things on the field that that I've seen. Um, so I'm excited to see him finally get an opportunity. Uh, he fits he fits the position well. He's 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 very good around the line of scrimmage. Um, he does a lot of the things you want a strong safety to do. So, I mean, you know, we've seen the flashes. We've been pleasantly surprised by his performance. Now he gets an opportunity to give us a bigger sample size to see if if we have something there moving forward, you know, on a full-time basis. Right. Could be a diamond or rough. What what was he, seventh? Yeah, seventh round round pick. Seventh round pick. I mean, maybe maybe we found something there. If we did and he balls out, wouldn't be upset if they let Landon Collins go for what we're paying him. It's a little bit too high to be a box safety. Well, you so, got to trade him because that's yeah. a lot of dead cap money. Yeah, I mean, figure something out. But um, yeah, I was excited when he got here, but the money, ugh, unless they restructure a deal, we'll see. Um, yeah, no, no Ryan Kerrigan move. Um, he his name was being talked about, and then that whole 
rumors was he wanted to be traded and he came out. Well, someone came out and said, source close to the team that Ryan doesn't want to be traded. And Ron comes out and said, that's the kind of person you want here. So I don't think Ryan's well, going. Ryan anywhere. came out himself and said he didn't want to be traded. Yeah. He says, you know, so, and I think so, some of that may be his, well, first of all, he was the third person to have a, a voice on the matter. There was yeah. two different sources. One said he wanted to be traded. One said that he'd rather stay. And uh, Chris Cooley said this, and I think there might be something to it. I think both of those were people at his agency. Yeah. Kind of cover his ass in case they – because, and I don't know if that was necessarily Kerrigan who wanted to trade him, but that may have been their way of floating it out there just to see if, you know, the team was looking to trade him. Just to let people know, hey, you know, you want to call on this guy? I know. Give us more playing times. So we can give him a bigger contract next year so we can get, you know, get that a higher chunk of 15%. Well, I would like to see him resign his deal, you know, at least for something to put him through two more years and maybe consider retirement. That'll put him at 34, probably need to do three more years. I don't know if he, he, he could play longer if he plays like he's doing now, like on spot starts and coming in on a spell. He'll, he, he'll last longer. I mean, he's pretty he'll, durable. Um, Got a lot of miles on that body. He does. Maybe. He does. But but I think yeah, I think he does well in that you know rotational role. He he's that, definitely rejuvenated his name and his standing this year. Yeah. And the sacks he's getting this year are not Ryan Kerrigan sacks. No, they're, they're not. That's yeah. what's amazing is that it's like wow, buddy, where's yeah. this been? Right. <laughs> It's always been a spark, too, at a time when we're, you think the defense is kind of dragging. All of a sudden, shit, I didn't even know he was in the game. Bam, sack, flex, go. So, I, oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, all right, so we talked about Cam getting an opportunity. Speaking of Cam and, and, and Landon going down, they gave old Terry McLaurin the captain's position, or the captain's with a C on the chest for Terry McLaurin that was once uh, Landon Collins. So I think we all saw the video – of their their last win out of Dallas where he kind of stepped up. And he's been kind of stepping up. I think we're starting to see glances of it. I mean, he definitely has the ability. He's a leader on the field as far as production and stuff. So why not, right? I'm excited to see him get that C. I, I hope it's something that'll stick moving forward too. Harry's the kind of guy that when he speaks, people listen. Yeah. And you, you notice that when he does interviews, you notice that, you know, you saw that locker room speech they showed. When Terry speaks, people listen. And I think a lot of that is, A, I don't know if anyone has been given more praise for their pure work ethic than he has. And he's doing it as someone who is the biggest offensive weapon we have. So right. it's not it's not someone like a Cam Curl who's got to put in that work ethic to make a team as a seventh-round pick. This is a guy who people expect star things from, and he's accumulating that level of respect one step at a time. Yep. And, 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 you know, that kind of stuff, you know, does deserve rewarding. The interesting part of that is that they gave him a defensive player's C and not Dwayne's. Dwayne's. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing too. I- because now you're short one defensive captain, which I guess doesn't really matter. You still have your middle linebacker calling the calling the shots on the other side, but you figured it would stay balanced, 
right? You have your your was it DeShazer Everett was the special teams captain who's now starting, right? I guess that means that they're still balanced out. So, yeah, but, I guess there is. But and Dwayne on offense. But this goes back to my, my hot take. I think Dwayne's going to be coming back sooner before later. Yeah, maybe so. At least as a backup. He'll be in there. Um, if they didn't think that – they didn't have the idea that Dwayne was probably going to come back this season – I have a feeling that Captain C would have been transferred to someone like an Alex. Yeah. Just out of the whole, oh, you're a veteran. You came back. Here's your respect. Put that C on his chest. Um, so, but nonetheless, uh, Terry's earned it. Oh, yeah. You know, by far. Yeah. I mean, look, no, he's the only wide receiver defense's game plan for. And you put his numbers up against anyone else, and he compares, you know, he's right there with them, if not has a favorable comparison. Yep. We look at yards and receptions, and, he, you know, he's doing it despite the fact that he gets bracketed often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that like I said, work ethic and, and, and production. Yeah, there's, and, no, there's and, nobody to take the pressure off of him. No, and I'm kind of disappointed. That's the one thing I was hoping we would, I'd hear we went after was a wide receiver. receiver. Not, not necessarily have to be a top flight, just somebody who can just take some of that pressure off. Of them, you know, hey. I don't even care if it was. I don't care if we had thrown a, a draft pick for like Njoku or something. Who yeah. Njoku can kind of stretch the field as a tight end, as far as tight ends can go. Right. But just another receiving threat. I mean, the, but, the the Bucks took a flyer on Antonio Brown. <laughs> See how that works out. Yeah, um, that he just this is not the franchise for Antonio. <laughs> Brown. Uh, all right, so moving right along, we're gonna have three thousand fans at FedEx Field this week. Uh, I'm sure they they. I'm guessing they have to still have some of that piped in crowd noise a little bit. Three thousand fans. I don't think they'll make that much noise. So. But it'll be the first game where the players have fans. I don't know if that'll change the dynamic, if that'll change anything, really, besides having some people in the stands. I, mean, I know I know they've played other stadiums where people have been in the stands, but well, it's it's not friends and family um, like it was in that Rams game. Um, yeah. But here's the thing: if it isn't three thousand people in burgundy and gold. Oh, we got an issue. Shut it all down. Just shut it I down. I do not. Yeah, I do not want three thousand people there and it'd be a fifty percent uh, Giants crowd. Yeah, giving flashbacks of that Steelers game in uh, which one? Jason Campbell. Jason Campbell couldn't even get the playoff because it was too loud. Where the the whole the the remember the uh, the terrible tick, towels tick, and everything tick, ticket scalping scandal. Yeah, that happened that that year. Yeah. That, well, I see. I had I had the joy of being at the 2016 one, you know, where Antonio Brown twerked on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, that stadium was 40 percent Steelers fans. Oh, I man. went, you know, I went with my buddy and his roommate, and his roommate was a Steelers fan. And I, nice guy, I wanted to punch him by the time the game was over. Yeah, uh, I, I, and I think some of it is is that. Maybe maybe we've just because we haven't been playing well or something. There is a lost edge with the fans of ours that do go to the games. 
Um, I remember the older days of, of FedEx. The, 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 the DTC used to walk around and kind of patrol the parking lots. And, you know, that was our own little crew of, uh, of thug fans who used to go around and beat the shit out of people who got out of line, <laughs> you know, to the point that they made DVDs. Yikes. <laughs> oh, man. I used to have a DTC DVD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just them walking around talking shit. It, we understand everybody was doing that in the mid 2000s, you know compilation dvds of their other fan bases homemade shit but um we don't have that like there's no you you used to get like you go to a raiders game in oakland i don't obviously don't know how vegas is gonna be probably not like this you used to go to a a game in oakland or you go to philly or you even go to new york like those fans are not tolerating you being an opposing fan I love telling the story about I went to Philly and I had, you know, a full beer thrown at me. We were talking about that before the pod, right. you know, and, you know, some short round Philly's fan or Philly fan tried to, to fight me in, in the bathroom, you know, <laughs> now it may be a little excessive. We don't want to be known as the violent place. That you can't take your kids, but you want to be known as the place where if you're an opposing fan showing up, you, you have to temper how you act and how excited and loud you are. There's a there's a line we got we got to reestablish now. Of course, winning would fix that, but yeah, that's the that's the one missing ingredient we have to back it up. <laughs> but you know, if nothing else, I would you know hopefully these three thousand fans are Washington fans. I want burgundy and gold in that stadium. Yeah, let's start with three thousand, then see if we can go to five thousand, and then ten. And this will be the trial run for the new stadium, which will only hold 42,000 people. I don't know. Maybe just, just throwing it out there. I don't know if we're going to go that small, but yeah, probably like 60, but anyway, it ain't going to be 92 because we realize you can't sell 92,000 every, every for eight games a year. So, you know, what? did I ever tell you that about the uh, email I sent the team about a new stadium that no. I had a perfect model for it because of its size and everything. Um, and this kind of goes back to coming home late two years in a row from work and watching a lot of Bryce Love. I love Stanford Stadium. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfect because it's only about 55, 60,000 people mm-hmm. and they're very close to the field. And I think that that's just something like that. It got yeah. loud too. Something yeah. like that. It's not even like, you know, anything stellar. It's recently, they recently like tore down their old stadium and rebuilt this new one. It would be perfect. Yeah. Don't we don't need 90, 95,000 people? Baltimore does very well with 68. It's not about the money. You don't need ticket sales. You know, pretty much nowadays those ticket sales are like like you said a lot of them are from opposing fans. So keep it small, keep it hometown fans. It'll it'll be fine. Yeah. And it ain't about the bottom dollar, Dan. Just suck it up. Um well, atmosphere. Atmosphere, that's right. Uh, two other things. So Sims is back at practice. He's looking pretty good. The team's posting some videos of him making some cuts. He's looking looking uh, like he's getting his step back, but he's still on the IR. I don't know when they have plans to bring him back. I haven't heard anything. I just see him doing individual drills on the field. He looks pretty good. So hopefully that resonates sooner than later. It'd be nice to see 
how he fits in uh, to this kind of, I'm not going to call it new look offense, but with the new personnel and hopefully a new flavor of a dedicated running game, but that's still to be seen. Well, with the effectiveness we run, you know, the little slip screens and the bubble screens and everything else, I think he can be very effective. Lord knows Terry's been very effective in that. Um, so, and, and that's where I said, you know, uh, Terry showed me a surprising amount of wiggle in those, in mm-hmm. on those plays. And we know that Steven Sims has wiggle. Um, Isaiah Wright, God, after that Browns game, he's just shown me less and less. Um, so I think Sims has a fast, you know, an, an easy opportunity to reclaim his spot on the mm-hmm. roster because no one else has stepped up in his absence to fill his role. So we thought that Wright might do it. We kind of hoped that maybe Gandy Golden would do it. No. Nah. So Steven Sims, please, if you come back and come back right, do something. Right. Do something for us. You know, give us a little extra wrinkle. Take a little pressure off of Terry. You know, hell, get get enough attention where if they're focused on you to focus on Terry. Oh, my God, Dontrell Edmond finally starts, you know, doing more than giving us about eight yards of catch. That would be nice. I mean, you just need options, right? It, get a dedicated running game and, and open it up. Like you said, slip screens. I wonder uh, if we'll run more jet sweeps instead of just faking them with uh, Steven Sims out there. Well, it'd be nice because they know it's not happening. So why do we keep doing it? I don't know. Well, let's roll right into the preview of this week for the New York Giants coming here to D.C. So last time we played them, it was a pretty darn close game. I think if we had went for two, and excuse me, if we didn't go for two in the end and took them to overtime, we would have won that game an extra mm-hmm. – extra, um, extra quarter they have back there. So, but that was a decision Ron made riverboat Ron, you play to win according to him. So that is a loss that we took. That is their only, only win of the season, which is really sad, but looking at the uh, injury report this week, um, I did see that uh, Cornelius Lucas is getting all the reps with the ones all week and Jerron Christian has not practiced all week and he didn't practice today. So I think it's safe to say that Cornelius Lucas will be starting left tackle, which isn't a bad thing because against Dallas against, they have a pretty, you know, all their starters on the D line didn't hear his name once didn't see a lot of backside pressure. So nope. that could be a good thing. Um, Montez sweat, had a concussion or a evaluated for a concussion. He was limited Wednesday, full Thursday, full Friday. He's good to go. Logan Thomas heard an ankle injury. He was limited up through Wednesday. He's been full since um, Isaiah Wright shoulder limited Wednesday and then full, full since. And then Don Shaw Inman nursing a hammy. He hasn't practiced um, uh, Thursday or Friday and he's doubtful for the game. So, not not looking too bad on the on the injury front for us. Well, um, it's not, but I don't know. Either Sweat's going to play, Inman, whatever. I mean, what are you really losing? Yeah. If nothing else, maybe we'll 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 see somebody else step up. You know, maybe Isaiah Wright can show us something playing on the outside instead of trying to play slot. 
Um, who knows? Maybe AGG shows up. Oh man, <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, you know, take these guys. Got to take advantage of these opportunities. You know, especially not somebody's going to get more snaps. Um, but I'm not. I mean, I, I, Lucas seems to be an improvement over over Christian, so we're fine there. Any word on Sadiq Charles? No, nothing. I think he's he's still on the he's I don't even know he's on the IR. I don't No, he wasn't on IR, he was okay. out. He's not on the injury report. So at I all? Not on the team page anyways. Hmm. So I don't know what that means. I don't either, but yeah. Maybe maybe he's a participant then. Because remember when he hurt his knee, it was a what did you say it was? You knew the injury. It, it was, was a, a dislocated kneecap. There you go. They said they expected him two weeks, and two weeks would be this game right now. So we had the Dallas game and then we had the bye week. So let me uh, let me let me see this. Two days ago uh, maybe he's not playing. His last Twitter post is him saying I want to hurt, hit the turf so bad with a broken heart next to it. Um, okay. Well, maybe that's your answer right there. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait, that was week six. Never mind. Yeah, you must um, Damn. No updates. Like, this no, is nothing. Nothing. And he was placed, he was placed on IR, but when was, when, was that when he started the season? Yes. No, okay, he was placed in IR after the Giants game. He, was. he is eligible to return week 10 against the Lions. Okay, there you go. It's just funny because he played two snaps. <laughs> he played two, my man played two snaps. I feel so is, bad for is, him. Is, is that not some Washington luck? That is so Washington. That's such a thing that would happen to only only this team. Man. Oh, Lord. Um, on the Giants injury front, which – is good news for us. So Devontae Freeman, the guy who was starting to find his way um, during that game, he was he's limited out. all week and he is out. I know that. And so is Ryan Lewis. He's uh, I think he's one of their backup cornerbacks, but other than that, they had some people who were limited golden Tate. Apparently golden Tate is pretending they have golden Tate lining up as Terry McLaurin on the scout team offense. That dude has fallen mightily. In uh, in the eyes of I think it's Joe Judge is the coach's name. Uh, I don't yeah. know if you're following all the social media drama with him and uh, Golden Tate and his wife and calling out the team for not getting him targets. And but I think he's feeling the full. I had heard rumblings, but I really i I don't do yes, I don't do Twitter because that'll be the death of me. Yeah. So that's what it is. Um, Blake Martinez, he's solid in the middle. He's a tackling machine. He was limited, but he looks like he's he's going to play. They have a bunch of people limited, uh, Logan Ryan. But what I do know is that last week they started um, a new left tackle and I think two new guards. So if that's still the case, I don't have the names. I can't reference that. I just saw it. I think it was J.P. Finley. I mean, that would be great news for the defensive front, the front four. So, Well, and, and you got to think now, so you got – two to three players who weren't already don't even have that one game experience against our defensive line either. Yep. So, and obviously they weren't good enough to start to begin with. So look, time to eat boys. Time yeah. to eat. 
we might uh we might see a healthy dose of Alfred Morris. Probably him and mostly Willie Gallman, but we should see Alfred Morris tomorrow back in FedEx. You know what happens whenever an ex he gets to the goal Redskin. line. He's gonna score. He's gonna do his home run thing. He did it on Dallas. I get it. It's gonna happen, right? I, I just think it's gonna happen. And good for him. You know, Alfred's a great dude. I I wish you. Yeah, I, I look that that dude is one of the two last two jerseys I bought. From yeah, this team. Um. Like the guy a lot. I wish he had stuck around longer here. Um, got nothing but good memories of old Almo, yeah, Bentley, all the other nicknames we had for him. But uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't do what former players tend to do when they come here and go off. Um, I remember he was, you know, he filled in in Dallas and went off on us. Um, so relatively speaking, he went off as a backup, and I think he had almost 100 yards. So hopefully that again culture change. Yeah, that, that guys. Um, yeah, we're not going to let guys who did well for us come in here and, and beat us down. Um, yeah, let's hope that's different. I agree. Um, that was the year I want to say the Ezekiel Elliott suspension. Yep, and that's when he came in and did his thing. So. Uh, okay, so that's the injury report. Uh, so we, we kind of did this, what, three, two weeks ago? But let's just talk matchups again. I mean, it, it, it's not – shouldn't be too much different besides we just talked about the, the defensive front going up against the cherry offensive line. So that's a plus. Um, looking on the offensive side for the Giants, I feel like their receivers are slowly starting to get into it with the return of Sterling Shepard and now Darius, Darius Slayton, both, you know, full time and Evan Ingram kind of found a step the last three weeks too. So I think their offense is slightly improved. They still have no running game. Um, they don't so have a running game and, and Ingram did not play well against us. He did not. He, he really did not. But the next game he, he tore it up. Um, he still has, I think he still has some catching problems with the, you know, we saw that in the game against us. I think he dropped two <laughs> easy passes. He's got focus issues. Yeah. Very, sprink, very sprinkle of him. Um, Stonehand. It's, it's interesting because Ingram's this guy. It, it, yeah. Featherstone. <laughs> For those who don't know, Steve and I are, are big fans of Necessary <laughs> Roughness. Don't Great throw movie. it to Stonehands. <laughs> But um, no, what's funny is that Ingram's this guy who he has his load of talent and never quite has lived up to it. We yeah. keep waiting for him to really break out, and it just hasn't happened yet. Um, and I, I think our our over the middle defense has improved dramatically with our new linebacker setup. With, yeah. that, that's the key. That, I think that's the key. Was was Cole Holcomb playing in the Giants game, or was it yes. still the old? It, no, it was, was Holcomb. That was Holcomb's return. Okay, and maybe I don't know if that changed why we could finally cover down the middle of the field. Well, um, it seems like they're finally coaching Bostic to drop back properly. He yeah. plays so close to the line, and that's and when he was playing in the middle, he's not dropping back far enough, and they're they're going right over his head. Holcomb has a better sense that he drops back further in the mm-hmm. pass coverage. And it seems to be that Bostic's now starting to pick up on that too, which is nice. So you don't get, you know, the right middle or left middle, you, you know, isn't as wide open either. Um, 
KPL has become a flat defender like very few are in this league. So, you know, I, I think that this new setup with Bostic on the outside, um, and we have three backers in, Holcomb in the middle, and, and then KPL on the other side, has given us a pretty swift set of linebackers. Bostic's not really laterally fast, but he's a downhill runner, and I think that's good for attacking the run game. Holcomb has really developed pretty well since his rookie mm-hmm. year. Seems to have gained some of that awareness he didn't have. Um, and KPL is just an athlete, and and that seems to be serving us pretty well so far. And you know, I think you're right. I think it's a, a, a big thing if our improved linebacker play continues. Not only does it help in general, but I also think it helps Cameron Curl. It takes some of the pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having to play in the box uh, and, and, and do things there. You know, so maybe he can he can do some things on his own without having to try to compensate for other areas we're lacking in the middle of the field. Yep. I agree. Um, you know, and, and no matter what we say, the Giants defense is, I think they're at least middle of the pack, if not even top third, the, the stats are a little deceiving. The one in seven records, are a little deceiving, but their defense is not that bad. And I think what we can also agree on Minus the Dallas game, because that, that Dallas game is an anomaly. The way we played that that game is not the way we played all year. So you can't say that's how we're going to play moving forward. It's a blip. It's a it's a statistical anomaly. We'd love to see it. I hope we continue to see it. I hope Antonio Gibson gets 20-plus carries and 100 yards a game. But that being said, you know, we're still have a worse third-down conversion percentage than the New York Giants, and our offense is still ranked 30th in the NFL. Our defense is ranked, you know, top five. Offense is ranked 30th, like in almost every category. So we got some work to do if we're going to win this game. Well, here, here's here's some interesting comparisons. Mm-hmm. All right. First of all, their offense is ranked 31st in points and yards. There we go. Um, their defense is ranked 14th in points and 13th in yards. Okay. So their offense or their defense is not bad which I think does speak more to the fact that we were able to, you know, control the ball, especially in the second half of the game against them. Um, Turnovers hurt us in that game. It was not our ability to move the ball. It certainly was not. We were able to do that. Um, And hopefully this would be a wonderful thing. If we caught on to the idea that if we run the ball, it opens up more for the passing game. It does. Play action. That deep ball to Terry we saw last uh, last game. Didn't that? I believe that came off play action. And uh, Dallas bit on it. And their corner was trying to play the, the, the Terry slant all day long. And Terry just went right yeah. by. Um, when we talk about rankings, we are ranked 30th in offense, points, and yards. Uh, our defense is ranked 11th in points and 4th in yards. Okay. Uh, we have the number one passing offense in the league. Our rush defense is – Passing defense, right? Yeah, pass, I'm okay. sorry, passing yep. defense. We have the 29th passing offense, <laughs> uh, 26th pass rush offense. Our rush defense is interestingly uh, up to seventeenth now, um, so I, I'm that's encouraging, and we did 
like I said, I mean, if you take away that Daniel Jones run, they didn't really run the ball too effectively on us. They had a lot of yards because of that run. Yeah. Devontae you know, Freeman had a, had a good he had a good third quarter. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And I think without Freeman, I mean, they got to lean on two guys they weren't even planning on leaning on. Right. Uh, you know, so I mean, hopefully that continues. That forces them to be more one-dimensional. Yep. And when Dan, Daniel Jones has to throw the ball a lot against what is a pretty good pass defense right now, I think he's going to make mistakes. You're going to see some turnovers. You're going to see some bad balls. And, and I think that – the Giants are who they are. They're mm-hmm. better than their record, but they're not a good team. Right. They have good components. We are the same way, but I think we have a couple more components than they do. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to lead to us winning. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to ride the point you just said, and that's my my key to the game is making Daniel Jones beat you. I, I we saw we saw in the fourth quarter. Where he didn't he didn't do anything of that last game. So you keep that model, bring it over to this game because the running game's not going to get you. Make him beat you with his arm, and that should make everything pretty simple for us on the on the backside. So my key to the game is make Daniel Jones beat you, plain and simple. Uh, and that's that's the key to the game is, is you know put it on the guy who's their franchise. Yeah. And if they have that busted offensive line, I mean, it should be good enough to get some coverage sacks, maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. Uh, I don't even can, know if can, we need that. I mean, if we can really, if we can batter their offensive line, what uh, what coverage sacks? Yeah, that's you're true. Not have time to cover, and uh, you know, it's going to force him to have to throw the ball early, and uh, so you you don't have time for our guys to get beat. Yep. You know, minimal time in the pocket before he starts having to scramble out and everything. Um, and and if our corner play keeps up pretty well, I mean, you know, we can handle that receivers. The receivers are good, but I've never considered Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton elite. No, by by no means. No, they're just too, you know, too. They're average. too really. Ta- they're talented. Yeah, they can do things, but neither one's elite. And I think yeah. that. You know, that would dis- describe our corners right now. They're talented. They're not elite, but they're talented. Yeah, they're they're doing their jobs well. Yep. Surprise. So I think that's kind of the the Washington football team wins if right. I, I think we kind of alluded to that. Make Daniel Jones beat you. Um, got to do. I got, I got another one to add to that though. Yeah, go Washington ahead. football team wins if we run a balanced offensive attack. Yep simple yeah. as that you run a balanced attack like you did last week we win maybe it'd be nice to see another fade a little fade to logan or fade to uh somebody i always love the fade i would love to see another counter tray i've seen one this year with a pulling guard to the right side give me some more of that please um, yeah i know right please do um so yeah, this game is definitely winnable. I don't want to get into the tanking discussion. That's a that's a philosophical question for another time. Uh, let's just focus one on... and one which I will eternally disagree <laughs> with, just because I I'm a man of, of of pride and dignity and 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 just no. I yeah, it, to it's... me because realistically, who's tanked and been successful with it in the NFL? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the Browns, but you know, they're five and three right now. Cool. And everybody's acting like the, the ship's sinking again. So, you know, yeah. I, the Dolphins, uh, you know, they won last week. But if you look at the box score, that Dolphins I mean, game. Look at the Jets. Every year you think they tank and they still haven't gotten any better. And they, they ruin their first round draft picks and they ship them off after a year or two. Yeah. And, so and they're about to do it again with Darnold. So yeah. I I just yep I don't have the empirical evidence that says maybe there's something to this tanking. Uh, you know, I think it's just as much a crapshoot as trying to build a team any other way. So I'm someone who who likes the idea of building winning culture, and part of that winning culture is encouraging guys to play to win, and even in a crap division like ours. Just the concept of you're spending instead of spending ten weeks preparing for meaningful football, and then you know the rest of the season is trash. Right. If you're preparing for you know meaningful football by December, that kind of thought process carries over into the following season. Yeah. The only time we're about to see if tanking really works, though, but it's and here it's not even it's not even football; it's basketball. So the Golden State Warriors have Steph Curry, you know, um, KD, and uh, well, no, they don't have KD. Not KD. Um, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, who were both injured the whole year. They had KD. Excuse me. Um, they tanked because they didn't make choice. But now they have the second overall lottery pick in the, in the NBA draft. So we'll see. They could, your two superstars come back, and now you have a top two pick. I mean, it, I didn't the have NBA a choice. draft has become a real, real weird deal. Like, yeah, it's weird. Anything out of the top five, yeah, it's crapshoot, right? There's no real yeah. true first rounders except for those top couple ones. But okay, so let's go final predictions. Um, I'll go ahead and spit out what what our other co-hosts uh, who weren't here. So our our founder Rodney has us getting beat forty five to nine by the Giants. Very such very- an odd score. <laughs> And uh, Mr. Ellie Suggs himself has us losing, getting beat 36 to 19. And the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Dev, has us Washington winning 24 to 10. So with that being said, Phil, what's your prediction? Get measure revenge for uh, two games ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we win this game 24 19. 24 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hold on one second. What did we, when we played them last time, it was in New York. Mm-hmm. We lost by one, 2019. Mm-hmm. 2019. And what did you say your prediction was? 24 19. 24-19. Okay. I'm Just gonna, a heads up, by the way, we're two and a half point favorites. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Washington again, but I I, I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna say 27-24. Washington. Yeah. 27-24. I was um yeah, weather's going to be beautiful. It's going to be 70 degrees, slight breeze. I mean, it's going to be beautiful fall football weather, so it's going to be fun. All right, so I'm saying 27-24. Uh, 
other two say 24 19 no let's round it out 24 20 24-20. That's what I was going to go with, but I was too close to yours. So I had to bump it up one, you know, my Mr. Mr. Price is right. So I had to, I had to go up a little bit. Um, okay. So, well, I think we've come to a final wrap on this, uh, this pregame podcast. If I'm not mistaken, I think we'll still try to do the 11 o'clock um, in the, in the Facebook chat, little zoom session to get everybody talking about what's going on for the game, any other late breaking news. Uh, we got any shout outs, Phil, before you, we end it today? Yeah. Um, I got a couple of them. Uh, shout out to Purcell Smith, Cody Jones, Jesse Clay, Mar Daisy. Um, Ivan Cardenas is uh, really putting in a lot of random content into the group. Um Big shout out. Actually, one of the most frequent guys I'm seeing lately is uh, Christopher McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Dude is all over the comments and 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 posting content. So shout out to him for you know being another guy out there adding to the conversation and uh, just being all just being involved. We like we like more people engaging, and there's been a lot more people engaging. Um. Yeah, and uh, you know, shout out to Dustin Walsh. He's been around a lot uh, lately too. I don't know if I said him before, uh, but he's been he's been posting a lot too. So shout out to those guys. I like anybody who's going to engage. We're at four, over forty six hundred members in the group right now, so we like uh, more as much engagement as we can. And I do feel like we have a very broad, broader base of people. You know, providing content, providing opinions, comments, keeping the conversation going. And uh, shout out to our our, our missing uh, partners in crime here, Rod. Um, don't know what happened to Rod tonight. I know he was he was run, driving or commuting or something. Uh, Dev's working. Ellie is you know well. It's ten fifty three in the evening, so Ellie's been asleep for about four hours because um, <laughs> he has to get up at two thirty in the morning and jog. Oh. <laughs> probably gonna have quinoa and oatmeal for breakfast or something <laughs> um <laughs> uh but yeah shout out shout out to those guys uh you know hopefully we'll see y'all uh sunday morning yeah for sure same here shout out to rob shout out to dev shout out to ellie shout out to andy my brother from the uk on lockdown hope you're doing all right uh let's see here alex abate still still bringing it um jesse clay the third always always posting some good content getting some discussions going demar daisy um, <clears throat> excuse me you already said dustin walsh um you said ivan clay that ivan cardenas yeah he's been blasting a lot of a lot of content out there um yep chris mcdaniel appreciate what you're doing man uh yeah man so that's it Thanks for listening. And uh, oh, 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 one more, what, what, we, one more. What, Ivan what? Lambert did a really nice uh, uh, profile on Chase Ruye on SI.com. He posted it in the group. I too. saw that. Like, who is um, Chase Ruye? Yeah, yeah. You know, that was that was that was an, an, a nice piece to read. I suggest everybody check it out uh, if you haven't already, um, especially because Chase is a guy who. We almost take for granted because he's not a star. We kind of forget about him a little bit, but he he's he's one of his 
Peoples turned out to be a pretty steady hand. Um, you know, a, a B level player, but you know, you need B level players, especially you know, with our offensive line the way it is, has, has been this season. A B level player, at least somebody who's holding his own and you know, he seems to have the respect of a lot of guys around him. So, you know, I, I like that we had a profile of somebody like that. Yep. So shout out right. to him. Yep. All right. We'll see you guys Sunday morning pregame. Peace. Peace. Hail.